welcome to Perspectives, a podcast by Essence Learning LLC, and a place where leaders learn from leaders. Let's join today's episode. Hello and welcome. I am so excited to be with you today. I am Jeannie Murphy, your host for this podcast, Perspectives and Essence Learning Podcast. Today, we have an exciting topic for you. It is one of my favorite topics. We are here to talk about boards, funds, and fun, leading a thriving nonprofit. I am so excited to introduce our guest speakers today. We have Ms. Abigail Moore, Mrs. Abigail Moore, excuse me. She is the CEO of Sakata. That is the San Antonio Council for Drug and Alcohol Awareness. And we have Ms. Yvette Mayo. Ms. Mayo is the founder and CEO of Power on Heels Fund Incorporated. Good day, everyone, and welcome again to today's podcast. Oh, good morning. Hello. Hello, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So we are going to jump right into it. We have a million and one questions. And of course, we don't have a million and one minutes, but that's okay. And we cannot get started without proper protocol to allow our guests to introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about their organizations and a little bit about their roles as leaders. So I'm going to go ahead and start with Abigail. Abigail, please tell us about yourself and about Sakata. Yes, thank you for the time. My name is Abigail Garza Moore, and I'm the CEO for the San Antonio Council on Alcohol and Drug Awareness, short for Cicada. And uh, we are a nonprofit that provides prevention, intervention, and recovery support services for individuals uh, in regards to behavioral health, especially substance use disorders. So we are about keeping kids and families and communities away from the harms caused by drugs and addiction. I've been in this field for 22 years, and I've been with this organization for 17 years. Thank you so much. An awesome mission, very important work in the community. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit about yourself and about your organization. And with me right to my right, I want to lead in to allow Ms. Yvette to tell our listeners about you and about your organization. Well, my name is Yvette Mayo, and I'm the founder and CEO of Power on Heels Fund Incorporated. It is a nonprofit that was created by myself and a group of powerful Latinas here in Houston. We are focused on helping Latinas become the best advocate for themselves when it comes to gender pay gap. I know that there are so many women out there who feel like, well, we're all subjected to it, but unfortunately, Latinas are subjected to it at the, low, at the highest levels. So we provide soft skill training of a variety of different programs that help women not only become confident leaders, but also become masters of their own finances, but also become their best advocate when it comes to fighting their own personal battle with gender pay gap. So we're really excited about the impact we've been, we've been able to make. We opened up our doors in 2019. We had a successful first year and then the pandemic happened. But you know, one thing is my grandmother used to always say that when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade, right? But to be honest with you, it doesn't become lemonade until you put sugar in it. 
So we had to figure out what our sugar was in 2020 and with the virtual component that we had to move all our programming allowed us not only to become a impact with women here in Houston, but we now have an impact regionally, statewide, as well as national. And we even have been, we've also been able to connect to women internationally with our programming. So we're super excited. This is our fourth year. And um, we are growing by leaps and bounds, and we've um, launched a variety of different programs, but also been able to really strategically partner with organizations who see the need for this type of um, um, conversation, um, create awareness, but most importantly, providing the right skills to build um, these confident leaders that we need in our community. Thank you so much. Important work as well and very impactful. Thank you for sharing. And now we are going to actually ask a few questions just to get a little bit more information for our listeners, for those who are watching about nonprofits and what specifically makes a nonprofit unique. And so I have a question that I would like to ask. Nonprofits have several unique business characteristics. We've all heard of so many, and there are so many requirements from funding and, and choosing the right board and retaining qualified employees. So the first question, please share some of the fundamental characteristics that you feel are important for retaining qualified employees. Uh, well, I, if I can just start with that. Um, one of the interesting things is that I think the first thing that you have to do is make sure that people understand what your mission is and what your vision is and that they buy into it, that they truly believe that you are making a difference and that they want to become part of the impact that you're trying to make. I think that's the first thing. So in the interview process, because it should be an interview process, you have to make sure that people fully understand what you're trying to accomplish mm -hmm. because that's what's going to drive them um, as board members and most importantly keep them engaged. Um, the reason I think that's important is because is oftentimes I've had conversations with people and they've never been to one of our events, had no idea what our vision or mission was. They just felt like it was time for them to put um, a board that they're a board member on their resume. And to be honest with you, we're not into resume building. We are about people and community building. And so that became a very critical conversation I had to have early on, making sure we have the right people for the right reasons. And you know, one thing my um, a very wise person told me is I'm looking for people who are looking for us right? Not just me looking for them. I'm looking for them because they're looking for us. And um, because the more we have that engagement, that really keeps, um, it keeps the our vision ex to expand, but it also helps us cultivate even more engagement with other people. So um, picking the right people is very critical. I agree. It is extremely critical and important. I love the model that you just shared. I love that model. And I am excited to hear the response for Abigail. The same question, Abigail, nonprofits have several unique business characteristics and ranging from retention to employees. Please share with us from your experience some of those important characteristics you think are critical for retention. One of the critical things is making sure that you have a good uh, strategic plan in place. Our organization just spent, oh, probably the last six months uh, building a strategic plan and bringing the right folks to the table to help us look at what are the um, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats for the organization. So looking at ourselves with the new environment, um, what needs to be our strategic vision for the next five years? Then you've got to get buy-in. You've got to get buy-in from your board of directors. You have to get 
buy-in from your from your leadership team, your staff, and also the key stakeholders that you serve out in the community. So it's a lot of communication. Uh, different folks need different type of information and or communication, but just making sure that the mission and the strategic plan that the organization has to reach that mission, to serve the community in whatever uh, aspects that there it's needed. I think it's really important. You've got to have an end in mind. What does? Um, what are your steps to get there? And that's what a, a strategic plan is for. So being able to guide the organization and then to be able to measure, uh, are we doing what we say that we're doing and how well are we doing it? That's so true. Yeah. You know, Abigail, I have to just tell you, I think you said a lot of things. And I think one of the things that, um, that with the strategic plan is that funding is a big part of it. And organization, anyone who's looking to start a nonprofit, they have to also understand that it's a business. It's a business that provides specific services to a specific population in the community. But at the end of the day, you still need money. And so it, when they're building the strategic plan, understanding that there's multiple funnels or multiple revenue streams that need to come in. Are you going to charge for membership? Are you going to charge for events? Are you, um, you know, what are you, how is your money going to come in? Do you have grant writers? And, you know, what what are your costs? And, and, and making sure that they're covered. You know, far too often I see people say, I have a nonprofit and we, you know, we do this and we do that. And then two years later, they've gone, they disappeared because they never sat down and did exactly what you said, create a strategic plan that has growth in mind. Absolutely. And to piggyback off of your response to Abigail, and thank you both for sharing, we often hear the notion nonprofits are in the business to make money, to make a profit. So in just piggybacking off of your responses, what are some of the unique differences between a for-profit and a nonprofit? Well, one is the way that you set up yourself up as a 501c3 That's through status. the IRS. You need that status, um, which is very important. And then um, making sure to maintain that status, understanding the requirements that you must follow um, in order to maintain that status. Um, and then the other piece, too, is, is one thing that you're going to see more more these days is corporations now have foundations which are nonprofit entities to a for-profit organization. Yes. So you're seeing them um, working together or creating this extension. Um, but that 501c3 status is really important. And you don't just call yourself a nonprofit and file with your state and get nonprofit in your state. Nonprofit status comes when you file with the IRS in Washington, D.C. So there are two different things. I know that is here in Texas where we are. So every state may be different, mm -hmm. yes. but you have to register, register yourself within your state as a 501c3. But that does not make you uh, or, or a nonprofit that does not make you a 501c3. That status comes specifically from the IRS. So that is a unique distinction there. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. I just wanted to make sure our listeners understand the difference and what needs to happen to have that specific and appropriate designation. Abigail, would you like to add any comments to the question? Yeah, something that I heard once, a gentleman said, well, my nonprofit and, uh, you know, that he owned it. 
Nobody, you don't own a nonprofit. Individuals need to understand that you have to have a board. You have to have articles of incorporation. You, uh, as Yvette said, you have to have a 501c3 status with the federal government, with your state. So looking at what are, there are many tools out there. So you don't have to start from scratch. You can do some Googles in your community, in your state, and find out what the list of requirements are. But I think one major thing is that individuals, an individual does not own a nonprofit versus a business. You can't own it. You, you're the owner, the sole owner you, uh, of, a, of a business and um, whether it's the, the revenue that comes in and you might have your family or you might have a, a VP or other staff, but, but an owner or a uh, founder of a for-profit is usually the owner of that organization. And a nonprofit is not owned by a particular individual. It's governed by a board, a board of directors, and it usually has either a CEO or an executive director. And then um, they have to report their 990 to the federal government on how they spend those dollars. They have to keep minutes. Uh, they have to have bylaws. They have to have policies and procedures. So, um, and can they make revenue? Absolutely. Nonprofits, just like businesses, are a business and they need to invest back into their people, into their board, into the organization and better serve the community that they're serving. So um, often nonprofits uh, feel, uh, it looks like they shouldn't pay their employees well, but we have to be, um, we have to be able to compete out there in the, in the uh, corporate and the business world. So we want uh, professionals that do the job well, that are trained well, and that have the skills to deliver the services that not, that nonprofit is uh, is providing for the community. We often use tools like, um, it's called the Worlington Report, and it looks at salaries, and it looks at um, staffing in the nonprofit across the state of Texas. So we want to be compatible. We want to be able to to keep individuals and uh, train them and build them so we can better serve our community. But a nonprofit is not owned by an individual. It is uh, overseen, governed by a nonprofit board. It is led by a CEO or an executive director. And um, it, it can make revenue at the end of the year to invest back into the uh, organization, into staff, into new programs versus a for-profit um, can make the bottom line for the owner or for the uh, uh, key uh, shareholders that have invested in that company. Uh, so uh, the way that a for-profit and nonprofit, they run very similar. You have to have insurance liabilities. You have to have uh, insurance for your employees. Uh, you know, all of the things that operational are needed for a business. But uh, with the end in mind for a profit is to have that money uh, building the profit for the owner or for the company. And it also invests back in the company and or gives uh, their shareholders uh, a percentage of what is uh, made that year. So those are a little bit of the differences. Yeah, no. You know, and um, I think one of the things that really is important about what Abigail is stating as well is that as a nonprofit organization, when you go ask for money, you have to have this information. This is being required and asked of you from some of your donors or some of the foundations. So having it readily available and ready to go is really critical. It's This is not something that you need to go do in order to get 5000 or 10000 or or $100,000 donation. You need to be doing this 
in order to be ready because reporting and being completely um, transparent um, regarding your funding and how money is coming in and out of your organization is being asked of you um, in all of these critical funding opportunities. So um, so we're saying this because, you know, when you're asked, it's not the time to start putting together your accounting books. It's it's not it's not time to go on on, on legal Zoom and look for your um, your bylaws and then, you know, and then start editing them. This is a process that takes years. We're like I said, we're starting our fourth year. We did everything we set out in our first three years. In fact, we met and exceeded that in our second year. But right now we've hired a consultant to come in to do our strategic planning, to help us get to the next level, to add really important um, needed closing gaps in our in our board. We really are looking forward to what the next three years, we're not even looking five years. We wanna make sure that the next three years are, are there's the growth that we're trying to maintain, that not only do we maintain it, capture it, but exceed it again. And, um, and, and it's important. Um, we're focused on it all the time. So for any of you who are out there listening and have a nonprofit and you're kind of playing with it, um, in order for you to grow, everything that Abigail stated is really critical to your growth. It's not time to it's not time to play with it. It's time to get serious. And if not, then then it's maybe it's time for you to consider something else. Your energy is in a different direction. But these are really critical steps you cannot ignore. I understand, and I echo every sentiment that we've heard. And a lot of what both of you talked about really take into light what would make a nonprofit successful. So I heard your strategic planning process, looking at gaps in your board, making sure you have financial management, making sure that you serve your community, your accounting records, um, not waiting to the last minute. So all of those things that you talk about really lead into the next question, which was what would really make a nonprofit successful? We understand that that question can be very broad and it really depends on the position of the agency, how long you've been around, if you are following your strategic plan and you are really focused on your mission and vision. But I would like to ask the question, our listeners would be very, very excited to hear in your opinion and in your experience, what do you think would make a nonprofit successful? Abigail, why don't we start with you? That's a good question. So many variables makes a nonprofit successful. So again, having the framework and the foundation of a strategic plan, having the right board members on board, having your right CEO, and also your chief operating officer. You've got to have somebody that really knows how to um, handle the money part of, of the business and uh, be able to report to the funders, reports on uh, the, the financials. Uh, and be able to articulate that very well. And then being able to really meet the mission of the community, being able to measure yourself. Are we being effective? Are we doing what we say that we're doing? And are we doing it well? Um, do we need to make some changes based on the um, environment, based on you know things that are happening in our community, some of those threats or some of those weaknesses that the organization might have? So we always have to be looking at ourselves as a nonprofit. 
Another thing uh, that I encourage for a successful nonprofit is to partner with other nonprofits and be able to learn from other uh, CEOs or other and be mentored uh, and go and learn and grow because um, you can only go as high as your team and your, your agency can only go as high as your leadership. So if your board is always growing, your CEO and your leadership team is always growing, then you know that your staff and the community that you're serving are benefiting from the the mission of what your agency is going to do and does in the community but it's really important to have things that measure your organization the success the financial the um mission uh the staff the board being able to measure ourselves that we are being successful and that we are being impactful in the community yeah absolutely yeah. those measurements are key. yes so i you know i, I i'm abigail this is um this is tag team, you're one, I'm two. I accept that. Um, but I think everything that you said is truly important because um, in Spanish we have a saying, dime con quien tu andas y te digo con quien tu eres. So in Spanish, um, I'll translate, it is tell me who you are with and I'll tell you who you are, right? And in order to move your organization forward, I already talked about the importance of having good people around you who mm -hmm. understand your mission. But why is that critical is because they become your connections in the community. And so the more people who understand who what you do and who you help and really are part of your mission, they become advocates and ambassadors for you in the community because you can't you can't believe that you are the only one that can be the ambassador for your organization. It is a team of many. The other part of that is is also understanding the strategic partners is tagged with people who really um, complement your mission, right? Not distract from your mission. So, yes. be, you know, be protective of that. But the other part too is measurement. Um, we have to understand who we serve and the impact we have, because those are questions that you're going to be asked. So one of the things that we always try to do is do a pre-event survey to the people that we are going to be serving on a particular day. And then we also ask for those post-event surveys. Numbers are important, how many people you served on a particular day, but you also wanna be able to have that feedback um, when you are asked, and you can even use that for your benefit as well as who are you helping, how are you helping them, but most importantly, how are you changing their lives once they leave one of your events or one of your sessions or have you know been part of your service so those measurements are really critical. And it goes back to what we said, you have to be able to tell people what impact you truly are having. Yes, yes, that is so true. I agree. I, agree. I tell you, this is exciting. This is amazing to hear. And all of the tidbits that we are getting are priceless. So thank you both for sharing. We have just a few more questions. And again, today's topic is boards, funds, and fun. So the fun for me and many of my of charitable work and board experience is fundraising. So mm -hmm. I say that with a smile and I hope that you can feel the energy. Fundraising is the next question. And so I want to ask a specific question. How can nonprofits generate more revenue? And I know a lot of us automatically think of fundraising and that may be okay. But Abigail, if you can share with us in your experience and with leading Sakata, talk to us a little bit about revenue generation and fundraising. So when uh, we interview board of directors, we always talk about their time, talent, and treasure. So being able to be effective in utilizing their time, often their time is money. 
Well, most of the time it is money. So being very cognizant of that and being able to value that and to use it to the best of, of both the ability of the mission, uh, time, talent, the skills that they bring, um, their connections to the out, you know, their, the, the community as far as uh, the, the, their connection, whether it's to a funder, to a company, a corporate company, or another like organization that we can complement and do work together. And then their treasure, their finances, their, the giving, their money that they contribute to the organization and to the mission. So uh, being able to uh, really gather that information, not only from your board, but from other folks that either donate or that you apply for funding, local, state, federal funding across you know our our country uh being able to keep a pulse on that what's out there or what do you what does your organization provide to the community that can be um uh at a, at a fee a fee for service for example we teach um drug education classes uh for employers uh to make sure that they have a healthy workplace and that they don't lose from their um bottom line in their business because somebody's coming to work under the influence and or impacting daily operations so for that there's a cost because it's a win for the company to be able to see the signs and symptoms of somebody using in the workplace and the impact that somebody uses uh substances in the workplace not only on the the business for the for the, um, the the money part of it, but for the employee morale and the whole well being of the of the company. So when you're finding those opportunities that you can give something that has a lot of value and a return for investment of those that utilize that service, you can uh, charge for some of those uh, uh, services. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing, and that is an amazing way to continue to generate funds to grow mm -hmm. your revenue. The classes that you've mentioned that you offer to businesses, the education courses, and looking at other ways in addition to the traditional fundraising to have streams of income come in. Thank you so much for sharing that, Abigail. The same question for you, Yvette. You think of fundraising. We talk about fundraising all the time, but there are more ways to generate uh, revenue. Well, share with that. Well, absolutely. So think about when you create your nonprofit, is it going to have a member base? Our organization has a member base, so that is one revenue stream. But we also do a lot of different events. So we have sponsorship opportunities that come with that. Um, we also um, work with organizations or other foundations that um, um, that we are in alignment with their pillars. And so we file, we um, submit applications for that. So, and then also we receive a lot of um, donations. We um, encourage everything from Facebook birthday celebrations, encourage our members and our board, I mean, to, to do birthdays, you'd be surprised. So every little bit helps, but um, all of these things are encouraged and part of our strategic plan. We constantly are talking about ways. We even had a fundraiser. We rented out a, um, a drive-in theater because of COVID, right? People can come watch a movie. We created a program and everybody came in. We had um, goodie bags we gave everyone. Um, we did all these different things and each vehicle was a $250 donation, right? Think about a family and it was fun. It was came to a nonprofit. We sold out. And why is that? Because it was something different, unique, but it was a fundraiser. And there were some people who didn't come, but guess what? They made a donation of $250. And so it was something that they believe in our cause. They saw that we were doing something fun and they contributed. So it's also just 
trying to help um, create those ideas, generate those ideas, because meeting in person is not always easy still in our community now. So find unique ways to collect people, find ways where you can raise money for your cause, but get you in front of carloads of people um, when, when you can't get in the same space. But these are part of the things that we're doing. Um, we, we, we created up in our strategic plan last year. Fundraising is one of our biggest activities. And each time that we um, have an event is, do we have sponsors? Can we get a sponsor? If not, can we get um, in-kind donations? Where, where any monies that we um, have already secured, we're not spending everything. And so um, those things are just as important as someone who writes you a check as well. So there's just different ways. I think we as an organization have to become creative and securing those funds. But I want to go back to something, and again, me piggybacking on Abigail's wisdom, is, is that when you are selecting a board, that they also understand that they have a financial contribution required to be a board member. That helps you sift out some of those people who are resume building. So think about um, making it a requirement to have a minimum contribution of $1,000, $1,500, but they can either write you the check or secure some monies or funds for that simple amount. So that means if you have 10 people and everybody contributes $1,500, you already have money already secured for your organization. That is part of the responsibility of a board. And know this, when you are now filing for grants, that is a question that you're going to be asked is your board contributing financially how much and what percentage of them have fully contributed to the amount required because that is a question that's out there for grant writing as well so keep in mind these things are all tied together thank you so much thank you for sharing again we are here to just share a lot of nuggets a lot of fun facts experiences and we can spend hours and hours talking about fundraising and fun and nonprofits, what makes nonprofits successful. I want to give a special thanks to both leaders, to Abigail, to Yvette. Thank you so much for being with us today and sharing your wisdom and your experience. I have had a pleasure and an honor of being with you both here today. Before we end today's podcast, I want to again remind you to please visit essencelearning.net. We have a suite of offerings for the community for clients, for business leaders. We appreciate you and we thank you. And before I let everyone go and say their goodbyes, I want to just thank you for taking the time to be here today and to listen to today's podcast. Abigail and Yvette, if you can say something very quickly to our audience, to our listeners, what would it be? Really quickly, Abigail, we'll let you go first. I just want to encourage, connect with other nonprofits and other CEOs and receive some mentorship. Thank you so much. And Yvette? Well, thank you, everyone at Essence, and thank you for being a wonderful moderator. But I think what I want people to understand is that your passion has purpose, but it also has profit tied to it. Remember that. Thank you so much. Thank you again for being here today. It has been an honor and pleasure, and we'll see you again soon. Thank you for joining Perspectives, a podcast by Essence Learning, LLC. Essence Learning is your solution to personal and professional development. We partner with our clients to develop a learning strategy that will increase productivity, enhance performance, and align with their purpose and goals. For more information visit us online at essencelearning.net or call us at 1-877-657-5755.